0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Hello, Raider Nation, and welcome to another edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast from the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dennis Ackerman. The Raiders are looking to snap a two-game losing streak as they head east to face the winless New York Jets. Raiders are coming off an embarrassing loss to the Atlanta Falcons and now find themselves on the outside looking in at the playoffs. I think you can make the case this was the worst performance by a John Gruden team since he returned to the Silver and Black in 2018. The Raiders committed five turnovers against the Falcons. They were just three for 12 on third downs. And they committed at season high 11 penalties for a season high 141 yards. The Raiders had just three turnovers in the previous five games. The Raiders' season, to me, is now at a crossroad with just five games left. They can either regroup and make a strong playoff push, or they can let these last two losses hang over them like a dark cloud and have the season go sideways. The Raiders are currently the number eight seed in the AFC, trailing the Dolphins and the Colts by a game. Now, the Silver and Black play both of them at home, and it was just announced the Miami game is now a primetime affair the day after Christmas, and it's going to be televised by the NFL Network. The other three games, Sunday against the Jets, they also host the Chargers and then finish the regular season at Denver. So despite Sunday's fiasco, the Raiders really control their own destiny, and it starts with beating the Jets. Here's Gruden on getting back in the win column.
2: The Raiders are starving for wins. We haven't been in the postseason, I don't know when, a long time. I don't really worry about anybody else's mindset. I worry about our mindset. We have to have a starving to death mentality to get back in the postseason. And the Jets are going to play hard. You watch that game last week against Miami. You watch them play uh, close against the Chargers every week. they're, They're a handful. And uh, they got a young team trying to make their way in this league, and it's going to be tough. We got to go on another long trip, on another short week, and we got to be isolated again, wearing masks. Uh, There's easy to uh, to to say that there's distractions, but we got to worry about ourselves. We have to have a collective urgency to to play our best football this week, no matter who we play.
1: The Raiders are eight-point favorites on the road, and if you feel good about the silver and black, despite last week's performance. And check out betonline.ag. It not only has the NFL, but college football. And with the NBA just a month away from tipping off the regular season, you can wager on who's going to make the NBA finals. Now, as a Warrior fan, I was thinking about throwing some cash down on them. And then once Clay Thompson got hurt and was lost for the season with an Achilles injury, I backed off. Now, I still think they're a playoff team, but maybe somewhere between a five and eight seed. I mean, the West. Tough as always. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. Raider Nation, it never closes. So head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, this is the 48th all-time meeting between these two original AFL franchises. Did you know the Jets the first year were actually known as the Titans? The Raiders lead the series 25-20, and there's been two ties. The two teams have split their four postseason matchups. Last year, of course, the Jets blew out the Raiders, and the Silver and Black never recovered from the loss. They went on to lose five out of their last six and finish with a 7-9 record. Now, the most famous game of all time played between these two was the Heidi game. It took place November the 17th, 1968 at the Oakland Coliseum. Listen to NFL Films and the great John Facenda explain how it all went down.
0: The lead changed back and forth six times before the score was finally tied at 29 all. Then the Jets' Jim Turner kicked a 26-yard field goal. And the Jets had the lead with one minute, five seconds left. At 7 p.m., NBC had scheduled a kid's movie named Heidi. It was determined to air Heidi at 7 o'clock. And if football wasn't over, we would still go to Heidi at 7 o'clock. NBC executives wishing to stay with the game failed in their frantic efforts to contact the broadcast center. Thousands of concerned viewers had flooded the phone lines and blown out the switchboard. I thought, well, I have not been given any countermanding order, so I've got to do what we agreed to do. While Charlie Smith gained 20 yards, the network televising the game made the classic blunder. NBC turned off the uncompleted game in favor of a kiddie special called Heidi. The
1: guy pushes the button at 7 o'clock and away they went. And here's the game going right down the crapper.
0: And I breathed a big sigh of relief. I'm sure I was the only person in the country who did. While NBC viewers, except those on the West Coast, were subjected to Heidi frolicking among mountain goats, the Raiders made goats of NBC. the Charlie Smith, and he scores! On the subsequent kickoff, Jets teammates collided, the Raiders recovered the fumble for their second touchdown in nine seconds and went on to win by 11 points. And the Oakland Coliseum became an enormous secret love-in called the Heidi
1: I mean, hearing for to Narrate and the TV call by Kurt Gowdy as the Raiders' Charlie Smith went in for the go-ahead touchdown. The Oakland Coliseum going crazy. I mean, that just has to give you goosebumps, doesn't it? I mean, there was just nothing like it. Back in those days. Hmm. All right, let's get to the game now. And we'll begin with the Raiders' defense. Look for them to come out and put some pressure on Jets quarterback Sam Darnold. He returned to the lineup last week against the Dolphins and wasn't very impressive. Throwing for less than 200 yards and a pair of interceptions. He was also sacked three times. And in his seven starts this year, he's been sacked 22 times. I thought last week the Raiders' pass rush was going to have a big day. They sacked Falcons quarterback Matt Ryan just once. Linebacker Nick Kwiatkowski picked up his first sack of the season. And the Raiders as a team have just 12 this year. You know, looking back at the Falcons game, I think I was a little tough on the Raiders' defense. I mean, they were actually keeping the game close throughout that first half. And in fact, Ryan threw for less than 200 yards and was picked by safety Jonathan Abram. But the defense was continually put in tough situations because the offense was a turnover machine. You know, one player in the Raiders defense who's getting better and better each week is linebacker Nicholas Morrow. Three weeks ago, he was inserted into the starting lineup because of an injury to Corey Littleton. And Morrow has taken full advantage of his opportunity. After his performance against the Falcons, pro football focus graded him out as the top overall linebacker and the top linebacker in coverage for week 12. He allowed just three catches for 11 yards and contributed six tackles. Way to go, Morrow. Now on the injury front, Malik Collins is headed to the IR, and that means he'll miss the next three games. At the same time, the Raiders welcome back to practice LaMarcus Joyner and Klee Farrell. So that's good news, at least, getting both of those players back. Farrell discussed with the media what it's been like having to sit out.
0: It's definitely been um, a tough last two weeks, you know, obviously. Finding out you got the virus, obviously, you know, I was worried about, you know, the potential people I could have affected, like my teammates and third, like, or whatever. Who else could have had it? Uh, thankfully, um, I think it was me and LJ, the only one that really had it. Uh, so that was tough. And then also, I had to deal with the symptoms. So I wasn't asymptomatic. Like, I had the symptoms. So I was like, woo, like, this thing is really real. You know what I mean? Like, that was pretty crazy. But the hardest part definitely was not playing. You know, obviously, losing a tough one to uh, to Kansas City, that's always tough because obviously we won that game. We we had the forefront of the, of the division. And then watching last week, you know, obviously, that was a, a big embarrassment to us as a team. So. Just not being able to be a part of that was really, really tough, man. But I was happy I got to travel with the team last week. Um, And now I'm just excited I can be back, man, so we can go on this run for the playoffs.
1: Let's go to the offense now. And first and foremost, protect the quarterback. Raiders allowed a season-high five sacks. And for the first time all year, their lack of continuity on the offensive line appeared to catch up with them. course, Richie Incognito is out for the year, and Trent Brown returned to practice on Wednesday. But Gruden says Brown will likely miss Sunday's game. Last week, the Jets' pass rush got after Dolphins quarterback Ryan Fitzpatrick, sacking him four times. Now, the Raiders have still just allowed 19 sacks this season. Second on the list, the Raiders need to eliminate the turnovers. They turned it over five times, including four by quarterback Derek Carr, who fumbled three times and then threw that horrible pick six. But look, Carr wasn't the only guilty party, as running back Josh Jacobs also coughed it up. Last week against Miami, the Jets' defense was opportunistic, recovering a pair of Dolphin fumbles. Now, if the offensive line can protect Carr, he should be able to slice and dice the Jets' secondary. They're ranked near the bottom of the league, allowing nearly 300 yards a game. But I said the same thing about Atlanta's pass defense. That didn't turn out so well, did it? Third, get the ground game going again. It's been AWOL the last two weeks. Jacobs rushed for a combined 82 yards against the Chiefs and Falcons, and that includes a career low 27 versus Atlanta. Overall, the Raiders have rushed for just 129 yards over the last two games, which is staggering because they've bested that total five times this season. And twice the Raiders top 200 yards in a game. Here's what Derek Carr had to say about the ground game following Wednesday's practice.
0: I don't think there's a problem. You know, I don't think there's anything to worry
2: about or anything like that. I think there's still creases. I think there's still uh, th- uh, room like that. Um, but anytime we go three and out, anytime we turn the ball over, that's a lot of shortened possessions, which equals not, not a lot of yards, not a lot of touches, all that kind of stuff. So I think there's a lot that goes into it, but not, not, I've been on a team that we couldn't run the ball one foot to save our life. You know what I mean? I've been, you know, my, I'm, I remember those times. And so I, I, it's not one of those feelings. No matter how many people are in the box, I still feel confident in what we can do.
1: Finally, cut down on the penalties. The Raiders were flagged 11 times for 141 yards versus Atlanta, both season highs. And over the last three games, the Silver and Black have been penalized 27 times. I mean, compare that to 38 over the first eight games. Now, I know historically the Raiders have been one of the most penalized franchises, but they appear to be more disciplined this season compared to years past. All right, Raider Nation, for more on the Jets, let's bring in the host of the Believe in Jets podcast, Michael Pallas. Michael, thanks so much for joining me. Anytime. I know it's been a rough season for the Jets. Uh, How would you sum it up?
2: Uh, rough is an understatement. <laughs> um, I, I, I go into every week checking out the line in the game and then going, oh, the Jets are – oh, the favorite's going to cover. Have they covered? Uh, the Jets are one – the Jets are one
1: and ten against the spread. I'm going to guess probably what the Patriots game is the one that they yeah. – Okay, that's what I figured. Um, they scored three points total in the two games against the Dolphins, so. Hey, they're consistent at least. Why haven't they fired head coach Adam Gase? Uh, I can't
2: answer that question. You would have to ask Christopher Johnson that question. But as a fan, at this point, I don't really care. Just get us to 0-16, get us Trevor Lawrence, and I'll be happy. So, um, but I, I I, thought they were going to do it earlier. I thought they were going to do it at the bye then. And when it didn't happen at the bye, I was like, they're not going to fire him until the end of the season. Why do you think they're waiting? <sighs> Honestly, really, there's no point at this point right now to fire him. Just ride it out. But they probably should have fired him earlier in the season when the firing started with the other teams. But uh, it, it doesn't make any sense at this point to really – to get rid of him, just let it, let it ride out. And uh, hopefully Jacksonville doesn't move past us for the number one pick.
1: Is Sam Darnold the long-term answer at quarterback for them? No,
2: unfortunately for Darnold, the best thing for the Jets and Darnold is for Darnold to go somewhere else. Because when you watched Sam Darnold play, you can tell it's not just mechanical. It's not just physical. It's above the neck. That's the problem. The problem with Sam Darnold is he, he I think Sam Darnold needs a new atmosphere. It was terrible that Mike McCagnon built his team, didn't give him an offensive line. And then finally, when they gave him an offensive line, it was too late. When they finally improved the offensive line, He was gone. In fact, when you watched, when I watched that game against the Bills week one, and I watched Sam Darnold play, I'm like, right after that game, and right after that game, I went onto Twitter and I said, 0 16. Right after week one, because I knew the Jets had a terrible schedule to go up against, and I'm like, they can't win a game. People said to me, they can win one or two. And I said, tell me which game they're going to win if you think they can win. And if you can't tell me that, then they're going 0-16 in your
1: mind. Michael, what was so bad, though, that you saw in week one that you thought, and you, like you said, you tweeted out, this team's not going to win a game? The, the
2: way Sam Darnold played week one and the fact that they, they, had, they struggled so mightily against the Bills to put points on the board I knew the combination of Darnold and Adam Gase was not going to win a game because Adam Gase Adam Gase doesn't know how to adjust either he doesn't know how to adjust or he just doesn't adjust in games well and I'm like this is not good for Sam Darnold this this is I w- I was hoping that the ownership would see that Sam Darnold needed a new coach this year, but they didn't. And they didn't fire Adam Gaze when they started 0-4. They didn't fire him by the bye. So it's like everything lined up perfectly for the Jets to be 0-16. And then Sam Darnold got hurt. Joe Flacco played well and almost screwed up the 0-16 <laughs> by the time the fan, by the time the fans realized that was the best option for the jets that it just came to it just week one. It was like, I could tell it looked like the Oh eight lions and the 16 Browns all over again. And it's not because Sam Darnold is an untalented quarterback. Sam Darnold was David card
1: by the jets. Not Derek Carr, David Carr. <laughs> right, from the Houston Texans. Right. So is the fan base rooting for 0-16? Now they are.
2: Now that they realize, once once we the Jets got to 0-6, you started to see the fan base start rooting for Trevor Lawrence and hoping the Jets would tank. And I just had a feeling all along that they were going to end up with the number one pick. Like I said, obviously, if they're going to go 0-16, they're going to end up with the number one pick. But now you ha- you get a feeling as a Jets fan, now you're hoping – Jets fans always think that the worst thing is going to happen, and winning would be the worst thing that could possibly happen because Jacksonville isn't winning. So – the fan base goes in every week on pins and needles until the kickoff happens and the Jets start to play. Like, this week, the line is eight. The Raiders are going to cover. The Raiders are going to win by double digits in
1: this game. Not because not to John Gruden, he thinks it's going to be a dogfight. What do you think about those comments? That's coach speak. that's that's
2: bs coach speak especially after the game that they played this weekend the raiders are going to come out and want to prove that they're a playoff team so especially with the third wild card and coming out of the afc west with the chiefs and the, the, they play the Chiefs again once more, right? They're they still have one more. Oh, they're done with the Twice Chiefs and they split. Right. Okay. So they're going to want to show that they can compete with the Chiefs in the playoffs and maybe put some doubt in this whole Chiefs hysteria about repeating. In my book, the Chiefs should be going for their third straight Super Bowl appearance, but that's not for this podcast, thanks to a... Call in the fourth quarter that we won't mention in the AFC title game, but uh, um, but as far as the the game will be over at halftime because the like I said, Adam Gase can adjust. The Jets don't have unless the defense somehow plays the way they played against the Dolphins in the first three quarters before they ran out of gas, I can't really see the, the Jets even keeping it close in the first half because Derek Carr has
1: had a renaissance. Oh he didn't play like it last week, unfortunately, against the Falcons. Michael, can you give Raider Nation a couple of Jet players to keep an eye on on Sunday?
2: Uh, Mekhi Becton, <laughs> the left tackle. It's hard not to keep your eye on him because he's 370 pounds and six foot five and of, and Denzel Mims. He's the best receiver on the team. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Raiders put their best corner on Denzel Mims because he's the top, he's the best receiver the jets have, even though he's a rookie, as far as the outside is concerned. Of course, you have Jamison Crowder in the slot and then Christopher Herndon had a, had a touchdown last week. Uh, not last week, the week before. And he's kind of sort of one of those guys that Jets fans are not sure of going into next year because of all the players that have done well after leaving Gase. So, uh, but I I would say Mims and Becton.
1: What about the defense? You said they played well for the most part last week against the Dolphins, but they ran out of gas. Anybody on defense in particular? Uh, Quinn and Williams. Quinn Williams is
2: be, is already an an elite player on defense on the defensive interior. He can get after the quarterback, so and stop the run. He's a two he's a two way defensive uh, tackle, can stop the run, get after the get after Derek Carr, force him to make some mistakes. But the Jets offense just won't be able to capitalize on. The mistakes because they don't have the talent or the coaching unfortunately
1: give me a prediction for sunday prediction 24 yep. to 3 wow that would be the least amount of points the raiders have allowed all season but you know what uh, at this point i think after last weekend they'll take it 24 to 3 because the jets offense can't move the football so
2: and they might even get a turnover or two with darnell throwing the football
1: Well, Michael, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate it. And don't forget Raider Nation. Michael is the host of the Believe in Jets podcast. You can also follow him at MT Palace. Michael, thanks again. Thank you. All right. It's the Raiders and the Jets Sunday, 10 a.m. Pacific on your local CBS affiliate. All right. That's going to do it for this edition of the Believe in Raiders podcast. Believe Podcast Network. I'm Dennis Ackerman. Thanks so much for listening, and may all your punts
0: find the coffin corner. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.